it's so good to be back. How's it going? You're listening to the Floral Podcast, and I am your host, Edgar Otra Vez. And uh, yeah, I've been preoccupied. We've had a death in the family, and we've been dealing with that. You know, grown up, real life stuff. But we are back. I had to get the guys together, uh, mostly because I miss those guys, man. They are my closest friends. I talk to these guys all the time. And I just, you know, we had to get on the podcast and talk about Blue Beetle. So we're doing a fire or retire on Blue Beetle. And my co-hosts are now my cousin Dan, the man, the legend, and of course, the infamous cousin Primo. Now, I've, you know, I'm working on the name. We're calling it Fire or Retire. May stick, may not. I'm, I'm still, haven't found anything better, but you know, if something else pops up, we might rename it. But Fire or Retire. So what we're saying is, if it's good, the judge of the game will recommend the movie. If we fail in convincing the guy that the movie's dope, then he's going to say retire that motherfucker. And uh, I have to say, man, I love Blue Beetle. It's really good. Uh, but not so much for the actual action part. And you'll hear more about it in the show. So if you're new to the show and you want to listen to more pop culture nonsense, or if you're a martial artist and you want to listen to some of the combat sports stuff that I got going on, make sure you head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes, but you'll also find some playlists specifically for the things that you listen to the podcast for. So thank you so much for hanging in there and Here's the show. Fuck yeah. Woof. Here we go. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez. Otra Vez. Oh, shit. And there is my homie, my brother from another mother, Cousin Primo. What's up, Cousin Primo? What's up, my brothers? Primo's in the house. There it is. There it is. And here's my uh, my good friend, not my cousin Dan, stealer of slogans. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it this time. Cabrones, <laughs> cabrones. What's up, brother? How you doing, What's- man? Good, good. How are you doing? All right, man. You know, it's just it's been a while, man. Been doing some adulting and uh you yeah know. you have you've been doing the real adulting and yeah. um you know more yeah. power to you dude thanks man yeah. it's uh it's 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 been tough man but i'm glad i can finally sit down and have a chat with you guys man i've missed you guys mm, same here yeah i've been lonely <laughs> I haven't been talking to anybody about anime or kaiju or <laughs> comic book movies. Uh-huh. Well, you're in for it today, brother, because we're going to be talking about Blue Beetle, which is a DC property. It stars Cholo Marigüeña. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Cholo. Uh, so is it Cholo? Cholo? Cholo Mari, Maridueña. Maridueña. I said Marigüeña. Maridueña. Uh, Bruna Marquensine, who plays Jenny Cord. Becky G is Kajida, the, the voice in the robot or in the suit. Damian Alcazar plays Alberto Reyes. Uh, George Lopez plays Jaime Reyes' crazy uncle, also slash inventor, Rudy Reyes. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that you're looking at IMDb and uh, the Nana 
is actually kind of hot. Nana Reyes, <laughs> she's the grandma. Her name is Adriana Baraza. She doesn't look like this in the movie. In her IMDb post, I'm like, damn, she's, you know, pretty nice looking. This grandma. Vilesa mm-hmm. Escobedo plays Milagro Reyes. That's Jaime's sister. And finally, Victoria Cord. Who play? Who's played by Susan Sarandon, and and don't forget Dr. Chavez or Dr. Sanchez, who's played by Harvey Guillen. And oh, of- is he that Harvey Guillen is? Uh, he's from What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, right? is he? He I plays have- Guillermo. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, well, he's uh, well, he plays Dr. Sanchez, which is funny because that's what they call him in the movie. But that was like a generic name that the the asshole Victoria Cord would call him, and it's not really his name. So, and then uh, of course, <laughs> so wait, wait, she just she just calls him Dr. Sanchez because calls, he's Latino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's what she is. Okay, yeah. well, that I mean that 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 goes away of uh, establishing her as a villain. Oh yeah, she's mm-hmm. totally villainous and uh, and uh, kind of like the uh, absolute minded white person that doesn't you know really pay attention to the <laughs> like doesn't understand how offensive she's being no like, has no idea yeah like, cultural yeah no, no understanding of culture or nothing and then of course there's raul max trujillo who plays carapax who is also an antagonist in the story but also kind of a uh, protagonist but anyway those that's the cast it's directed by angel manuel soto and it's written by gareth donet donet alcacer so first off, we're doing a fire retire on Blue Beetle. I am going to be on the fire side and Cousin Primo volunteered to be on the retire side. And we're going to convince Mr. Not My Cousin Dan to go see the movie. So, <laughs> or not go see it. Or not go see it. Yeah, that's right. Right. And like this is a movie that I was legitimately that like it's unfair because I legitimately want to see this movie already mm-hmm. because it's a property that I'm not familiar with. I don't, I don't know blue beetle from DC lore, you know, and it's a DC movie that doesn't have Zack Snyder anywhere near it, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I'm kind of invested in seeing this movie. I haven't seen it only because dude, I've been traveling for work and and I've been doing my own adulting and there has been time, but like it's been on my list of stuff that I want to see. And it's got George Lopez in it, which like George has been missing for a few years. I feel like, I feel like well, that too. Well, he's been on, he's on um, Peacock right now. He has his own, his own. He's got a special. No, he has a show with his daughter. Does he? Oh, oh, yeah, he does. he does. He does. He does. That's right. Or a girl who plays his daughter. I don't know if it's actually his daughter. Right. I, oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But the, the character that plays Jaime Reyes, Solo Maridueña, we know him from Cobra Kai. So he played. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's the lead young man in the Cobra Kai show. So Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Is he the, the lead lead in Cobra Kai? He's, he's the young man that... Uh, uh, John first went to who went to him to get trained first. Yeah, he went to John Lawrence to get his karate skills on. Right, mm-hmm. he's, okay. he's, that, he's that Latin kid that he's the the main character. Yeah, yeah. he's that John Lawrence okay. is fond of. All right, all right. Yeah, so this kid you make comes, it sound when you say it that way that you make it sound like he's a chimo. You know? <laughs> chimo. You make you make John Lawrence sound like a chimo. What's He's it? fond of him. He's that kid who John Lawrence is fond of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say, man, but it, whatever it is, that's not how I meant it. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and start then. So we're going to be doing a little jumping around in the storyline. Hopefully this won't be too confusing. I'm going to be trying to highlight the good parts and trying to make not my cousin Dan go see it. And Primo's going to, you know, poop on it a little bit. Now I get to ask questions, right? Yes, like, correct. absolutely. Yeah. You guys, you guys are going to make your points. I'm going to ask clarifying questions. Cool. Right. So do you want to go first, Primo, or should I? I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So mm-hmm. first point that I want to make is it's, it's a very Latin American movie, but it's also, it's got a lot of heart, man. It's got, it's got the family part of it in it. And there's a lot of, it's not just an action movie. There's some art in this movie. There's some symbolism. There's some, there's, there's a lot of that going on and I think it's missed. And one of the points I want to make is, uh, and I'm going to, I guess I, I might as well start in this cause I've been thinking about this a so lot. Now, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let yes, me, sir. you go ahead. You're on fire. I'm Primo's, on fire. Primo's on retire. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> one of the fire pieces of this movie is, it highlights the Mexican-American experience, but also kind of hints on what it's like to not only be a second-generation person here from immigrant families, but also as a first-generation. So it, it builds on the first-generation immigrant and then, the, and then kind of hints at what it's like to be Mexican-American born here. And that's what this is. This is, this is the child of an immigrant story. And what happens in the movie is, which is a big part of what it's like to be a Mexican or someone coming from another country. When they get here, one of the things that happens is you you get pulled into a company and you get used by this company, right? And little by little, pieces of you get lost or get ripped away. And you're, you're basically giving your life, you're giving parts of yourself to a company, you know, for the sake of work because you're trying to make a better life for the people that you love or even for yourself. And that's one of the reasons I say Carapax is also an antagonist because he is, he is who Jaime Reyes could be. He's a villain, but you see later on, you learn that he, he forgot who he was along the way. So wait, who is this guy? Carapax Carapax is, is okay. So that's a good question. I'm sorry. I didn't really uh, explain who he was. Carapax is the antagonist. He's the other person in the suit. So there's, there's a blue beetle. He's, he wears a suit and it's self-aware and it's got like a, it's got like a, like my girl Friday thing going on, like uh, Iron Man. So, but it, it also has a mind of its own and it'll take over the suit. Now Carapax is the villain counterpart to Blue Beetle. He's exactly like Blue Beetle, except that he doesn't have that voice in his head, but he has the technology. So his suit also does similar things that Blue Beetle does, at least towards the end of the movie. It just doesn't have the AI aspect. It doesn't have the AI mm-hmm. aspect. It's kind of like a low rent ripped off version of the Blue Beetle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Because one of the things that you find out during the movie is that Cord Industries or uh, Victoria Cord steals the code from the Blue Beetle and inserts it into Carapax. And then Carapax already had some cybernetic piece in him. And once he got that extra code, he was able to implement it into his own cyborg equipment. And he was able to like basically do the same thing that Blue Beetle does minus the AI. Okay. But the interesting thing about that character is, is that 
he lost pieces of himself. He had an amputated arm and a leg. And then on top of that, Victoria Cord was experimenting on him. So little by little, she was taking away who he was. And that is one of the sim- symbolic pieces of this movie. This is not just a movie. This is not just an action movie. It, it speaks to the Amer- Mexican-American, Mexican-American experience because how many people come from Mexico and come here to work their asses off and only get used by companies? People pay them under the table. They continue to be undocumented. And then when they're done with them, they send them back and they don't care if they have health care. Sometimes they get injured and they send them back. You know, they, they can have broken backs, whatever. It doesn't matter to the company because in the end, they, they are un- undocumented. They, they got more from that person than they paid them. Yeah, exactly. they, they, they took that person piece by piece. Exactly. And that's okay. who Carapax is. The other aspect about the Carapax character is that along the way, he forgot who he was because uh, Victoria Cord was brainwashing him. And so all he had was a little pendant of who he was. And it was a picture of him and his mother. He had nobody else in the world. It was just him by himself. He lost everything. And the only thing that he had to remember was that pendant. At one point, Carapax reaches his final level. And as he's getting that, you know, the extra code and he's building. <laughs> Did he get that glow? He gets that glow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he, he's building that, that, that armor on, on him. Uh, Victoria Cord takes that piece, that memory, that pendant, and puts it in her pocket and says, "I'll give it back to you when you know when when it's time or when I'm ready." Wow. Or when, so she so took, she she literally takes everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. she takes his memories. He, she takes who he is, and she puts it in in her pocket. And then at the end, I'm going to ruin the movie for you. But somewhere along the lines, he gets that back. He remembers who he is, and when he takes that back. He holds on to it, and then that's when he realizes. I, I won't ruin the ending completely, but he he comes back to a realization. He has an epiphany. Yeah, and then he remembers who he was. So it's funny because some of the things that happens to some people when they get here and they seem to have some success or, or they or they make their way somehow. Uh, some of the, some of the things that happen is they forget where they come from, right? And then when he got that pendant back, he even started speaking his his original language which is not Spanish. It was, I believe he was from Guatemala, but he was from like a tribe in, in, in Guatemala. And so he didn't speak Spanish. He was speaking like, you know, the native tongue. And so all of it came back to his head, but he had realized it was too late for him, you know? But anyway, so it's super symbolic. And, and that is one piece of the fire that I want to throw at you. So, uh, <laughs> cousin Primo. It's only right? one piece, huh? There's more. Mm-hmm. There's more. There's other pieces I want to throw at you. Cousin Primo, what you got? Okay, well, you actually made up. You actually made my point. Oh, 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 here we go. You're going to use it. Go. <laughs> it's going to get good. Okay. First of all, let me just say the movie is, is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm a comic book guy. There were certain things that I didn't like about it. And first of all, how they, I didn't like the way how they were exposing the Mexican culture, the Latino culture. Exposing? Okay? Well, how, ex, not exposing, but how can I say this? Um, using? Like using, pretty much yeah. using. How they portray us in this movie, okay? And to tell you the truth, like the lower class, mm. okay? And it, to me, it was like showing that, oh, we can never do anything other than this. There was no – in the movie, he was trying to move up, trying to make himself better. But every time he got a – they just – every time he tried to step up, they pushed him to the side. 
Yeah. You know, and and I was like, hey, wait a minute, this is it's like showing like we can never Latinos are never are no more than freaking mules. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that sucks, man. It's like, hey, this I heard good things about this movie, but they're portrayed as like fucking. I hate to say it, like <laughs> pieces of meat. Yeah. So you're saying really? it kind of falls into a stereotype, or it only exactly it only, a stereotype of how what how people see Latinos. It only shows maybe like one part of the spectrum of being Latino. Exactly. Right. It only right. it only shows the, the this one perspective. Which is not everybody's experience. Is that what you Correct. Correct. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, I went to go see it with a couple of my friends, and they're like, hey, man, they really, they really, they really trash trashing the Mexicans. I'm like, shut up. Okay. Watch the fucking movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, he moved up. And to find out he's scraping gum off of some guys out of some bench, you know? Because yeah. his dream was, I want to take my family out of here. I want to get this. And, uh, and at the end, he ended, he's still in the same position he was when he started. No, in the, no. In the end, uh, I mean, no. other than getting the girl and having a suit of armor, that's all he had. Well, I mean, if you think about it, um, what's his name? Don't think, uh, don't uh, think too hard. George, <laughs> George Lopez's <laughs> character, Uncle Rudy, uh, uh-huh. or Theo Rudy, he was gonna, he got his Tacoma back, right? So along the right, way, they gave, they gave had, another Tacoma. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had the taco. He called it the taco. Yeah. You know, and if it was anybody else calling it the taco, I would have been offended. But but it was George Lopez. And when George Lopez says it's so a George taco, Lopez can get away with it. George yeah. Lopez can get away with it, unfortunately. Just like, you know, all the racist jokes. It's only right. it, it depends who's saying it, you know. But like uh, George Lopez got another taco. He got he got mm-hmm. his he had that red purplish thing first. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a blue one. Uh, which which is funny because there's a guy at work who has an exact same thing. <laughs> you guys calling it the taco? I'm calling it now the taco. Okay. <laughs> and I said, hey, you got your taco? And he goes, why you call it a taco? And I said, like, don't worry about it. It's a taco. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Watch movie Beetle. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Go watch this movie. You know why? But you see, I sort of, I sort of like, like, I was like, man, this is how some, you know, and, and then I'm seeing it as my perspective because that's how most people see me as you know and i'm not so, saying that it's everybody i'm not saying it's everybody you know i've i've been given i've been blessed that a lot of people took an opportunity to give me a chance to advance to where i'm at now okay and because they see they see me for what i really am and that's a worker and a helper and someone who's more than just cleaning somebody's yard yeah you're, you know? you're more than just disposable labor correct so like so on your point Mm-hmm. And getting back to when Edgar was introducing kind of the movie. So mm-hmm. the main character, what's what's his name? Uh, Jaime Reyes. The Jaime movie. Reyes. Yeah. Jaime Reyes. Is he, he's Mexican-American. Yep. Mm-hmm. But like born here? Yes. Born like, here. Is he like a first generation? So he's the first generation in his family that's born here? First, yeah, first he, gen. Yeah, well, he would be considered second gen. Because no. first generation would be the person that came here first. No, first no. generation first is first the first gen person that's first born, born here. No, 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 that that's not how it works. It's actually I I got that same thing confused. It's actually the first person to come here. That's first generation. Second generation is the person born here. So I'm second generation. My parents they migrated here. They're first generation. I've spent my whole life thinking that I'm first generation. 
No, you're because second. I was the first generation that was born here. You're second. Well, that was that was under my. That's what I thought as well. That's what I thought too. And if, but I don't know why it's like that. It's fucking backwards. I'm not. We're not going to argue this, but I don't think that's correct. I anyway. hope. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Like I hope. I hope I'm wrong. And but yeah, but like as realistic, like it doesn't really fucking it doesn't, matter. It doesn't make sense right? because so, you would think that the first but, generation American would be the person. But yeah. right. Yeah. But so, in terms of like first generation, second generation, that's that's how it goes. But anyway, I, I could be wrong. But yeah, let's not argue that. But you were saying he's born here. His parents mm-hmm. were not. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Yeah. So that's the experience that it's like, that's the perspective that it's showing. Yeah. And it's right. not like his parents came here because they were fucking doctors. No. His parents came here because there was opportunity to earn. Right. Yeah. So, so here's the funny thing. This is true of just the Mexican-American experience. This doesn't happen with everybody. I mean, there's plenty of un, uh, unskilled, untrained labor that comes over or untrained immigrants that come over from Mexico. But there's also plenty of like actually skilled, educated oh, for sure. people who come over who don't end up doing anything with their degrees that they earned in Mexico because mm-hmm. uh, they have to come in, come here and kind of like redo yeah. it somehow. Uh, I don't know right. the ins and outs, but I know because... that it's... America. Like you, you have to get certifications from mm-hmm. certain to be an engineer yeah. or to be a doctor or a dentist or, you know, yeah. 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 There's. Well, there's... that was the other thing too. Like Hyman was coming back to his parents. He had just came from college. Mm-hmm. He was done with college. He was done with college. He was going to help out his family. He ended up cleaning, scraping gum off a of seat. Oh man, that speaks to me. So now you're, now you're, I'm sorry, you're 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 actually making me want to see it more because that was my experience. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I went to college, and after college, I I mean, it was five years before I had any kind of job that had anything to do with my degree. Mm-hmm. I was driving a friggin' Zamboni, you know. Yeah. I was right. working in restaurants. I was the assistant manager at a Blockbuster. You know yeah. what I mean? I can identify with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's just it too. Like par, what part of it is the Mexican American experience or just the immigrant, uh, the son of an immigrant experience, you know, or what is just being an American period. Cause I mean, that was my experience as well. Although I had a, a, a crappy art degree that I paid too much for. Uh, <laughs> so my art degree. Well, so you knew going in that, oh, that yeah. was going to be your experience. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I should have known better. Uh, I did get I did get jobs here and there as an artist, as an animator here and there, but then eventually it just, you know, it, it wasn't going to make it. You know, I wasn't going to make it. I, I didn't have the, the funding and the backing to be able to make it all the way up to some kind of position that actually paid money. Um, yeah. But And that might be the case for just anybody, to tell you honestly. I mean, very few people actually have that kind of backing to make it to a point where you can actually oh, for make, sure. make a, you know make some money. And so Jaime, he came out of college with a college degree, a pre-law degree. And he was thinking like, I got it now. Like I, I got a degree, I went to school, uh, I can get a job now. And that is not the case. And that's just not just Mexicans though. And like you're, des- like you're describing, that's everybody. Well, yeah. but I, so not having seen the movie, I want to give the filmmakers the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. That, so it sounds like the writers and the directors and the producers like were predominantly coming at this from like a Latino perspective, right? 100%. Like the, like this, this was a movie 
made by predominantly Latinos, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm guessing that's true, and so that's that's the that's the voice that all of this stuff is is kind of getting. It's it's getting that voice, but for me, like it's exciting for me to hear. That's the perspective that everything's coming from in the movie, but it's if it's done in a way that like you can identify with it, whether whether that's you or not, you know, mm-hmm. whether whether you're Latino or specifically Mexican or, you know, a Polish dude from Chicago, mm-hmm. it like that's important. OK, it's important for people to see movies like that, where you see this like the Mexican experience and what you're seeing is like, well, shit, that's me. Yeah. Mm hmm. And, you know, it, it kind of gets to that point of we all share these experiences. It's not just, you know, this is a Mexican story or this is a, a African-American story or, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just about that perspective. It's like somebody who's who's not within that culture can watch it and be like, I identify with that. I've experienced a lot of the same things. These people are not so different, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I do remember sitting there thinking like, fuck, man, it sucks sometimes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) but like uh, one of the other things that go along with that is, you know, and, and part of what you're describing, Primo, is is just that they're stacking the cards against our hero. You know what I'm saying? They got to mm-hmm. give our hero some, some, you know, some place to start from, right? And so sure. they, it's always, it's always going to be at the bottom of the deck. You know, they're going to stack the cards against them, and and so that only makes it so much better when he comes up on top. You know, mm-hmm. but the only one who got it on top was George Lopez because he got his taco back. He got his taco back, <laughs> and he got a job. He ended up, he's going to end up working with uh, with Court Industries because mm-hmm. he's. Oh, that's that's not good. Well, he's they're the be, bad guys. He, no, no. What happens is uh, along the way, there's two chords. There's Jenny Cord and Victoria Cord. Victoria Cord is uh, I forget his name. Um, he's what, the um, sister of the original Blue Beetle. Yeah, of the original cool, cool. Blue. What's his name? Uh, Cord. I know that for sure. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I can't remember right now. Well, I have... for, Ted, well, let's, Ted let's, let's break down Ted the characters. Ted Cord. Ted Cord is the original Blue Beetle, mm-hmm. and he was like a uh, Batman. Okay, but he was an inventor, more of an inventor than a a fighter. Yeah. He relied too much on his inventions. He somehow ends up disappearing and leaves the company. The sister, the sister takes over, and the daughter is left in the shadows. Jenny Cord. So Jenny Cord. So now she's involved with, and that was another aspect that I hated because they introduced a new element into this storyline where Omac, which you know. It's the Carapax. Carapax. Omac is actually a superhero in the DC universe. Okay. And Omac is this superpower super soldier that gets help from this satellite called the All Seeing Eye or the Eye, Mm. whatever. This satellite beams him power. Okay. So he's like, hey, um, Father Eye or Mother Eye, give me a give me a super boost. And he gets becomes super strong or he becomes invulnerable. You know, and that's how that's how his powers work. So I sort of was looking to see whether or not they were going to do that, oh. and they ended up t- turning it into a a blue beetle wannabe. Mm. Wow! Okay? 
Okay. And I was like, oh man, they done shit it on my character. <laughs> I did not know that. I, I yeah. don't because I mean the the Carapax Omec character. Because mm-hmm. Carapax and the Omec. So the Omec is the system that's connected to Carapax. Right. Carapax is the kid or the guy who was abducted, tortured. Mm-hmm. mutilated you know etc and turned into a cyborg but like they kept referring to the omec mm-hmm. which is the systems right. separately from from carapax so there, there's a good chance that the omec might come back and somebody it might can, that, that's the thing though too omec can be anybody yeah there's there's if you look at if you ever see his character he's like a jacked up um superman with a mohawk okay and he's like supposedly um this guy can be anybody he supposedly he's a sleeper cell it can be if one guy dies then they just activate a new guy oh okay but the thing is is that omec is also like an evil organization that just sees justice so they interfere where other governments won't interfere in and it's like the person could be a janitor and they'll say okay we need to activate him boom there's omec Huh. And it's the same attitude, the same. It's like, oh, I'm better than you. I'm Superman, blah blah blah, and all this crap. Huh? Yeah. I mean, he he had like his own little run on comic books. It was all right. Huh. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, dude. I never well, even knew this. Yeah. Well, you're you're asking the encyclopedia over here, useless knowledge and shit. <laughs> That's one of the the questions that I wanted to ask is because this is again, it's not a Blue Beetle's not a. A franchise that I have any familiarity with, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know anything about it. So, like, how does this compare with the books? Well, so- I, for me, it's I'm more toward the old Blue Beetle, like the original character, because he was a, he used to be partners with um, Buster Gold, Booster, Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And Booster Gold is a is a guy from the future who took a flight ring from the Legionnaires and. And an armor suit and a little mobile um, know-it-all AI. to come back to the yeah an AI system that went back in time to get himself rich and that's what he did and yeah, then he, him him them two became buddy buddy yeah uh, Booster Gold unfortunately wasn't even mentioned in this movie but not at Booster, all Booster Gold would be fun because he he would be like uh, almost an equivalent of like their comedy rule breaking superhero similar to Deadpool. This guy is gonna. Oh. This guy travels through time uh, to become a superhero, become famous, and to make money. And, and he's like super <laughs> superficial, but he's and he's kind of goofy. But he ends up saving the day here and there. Anyway, he's an interesting character and he's funny. Mm-hmm. So like it'll be interesting to see. But he's got no real superpowers. All his shit no. is future tech. That's why he's a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like uh, mm. I, I believe he stole the future tech from like a museum. I think he was like a security guard or something. Yeah, he was the night watchman at a at a museum at and a just, Legionnaires, and he just traveled back in time. Yeah, he stole a time bubble from the Legion of Superheroes, and went back in time with a with a flight ring, um, power knuckles, a suit that gives him flight and then super strength. And called himself Booster Gold. Yeah. Went back in time to make himself famous and be rich. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would like to see a movie about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's get back to this and make you want to see this movie. Because the other point I wanted to make about Blue Beetle is, again, he deals with two voices in his head. And just like any 
immigrant or a person from a very rich culture, you have two voices in your head and you're dealing with the voice that you have to deal with to assimilate to the general culture and be employable. And you're dealing with the voice, the alien voice, the, vo the voice of, of the person that's not from here, right? The voice that, that, that says and does all the wrong shit, right? And that's who Kajida is. Kajida being the AI inside his head will do stupid shit and try to kill people because <laughs> it doesn't know any better, but also like, it just doesn't know the rules, right? It just doesn't understand what is right, what is wrong, what, what the society is. But by the end of the movie, which was very interesting, and I think is kind of what happens, the side that is civilized in this culture and the side that's alien become one. They start working together and they become homogeneous and they're not fighting for control over the body. Because there are moments where he gives up and he says, just, just take over. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And so the alien side takes over and sometimes goes too far, right? And so he has to pull that alien side back, right? And I think that's so. This is sort of like it. It's sort of like Iron Man meets Venom, is what yes. it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because the suit is alive. The suit is organic, right? So I poked it into the comic books a little bit. It's not just technology. It's also kind of magic. So it's like space magic. It's um, so, techno, techno organic. Yeah, it's techno organic, so it's, but it's also magical. So it's it's alien technology. It's alien, it's alien tech. Alien tech slash magic. Where'd they get it, bro? So landed on Earth. So here's the here's the backstory, and I, Primo, you probably know this from what's the name of that TV show? Uh, Young, Young Justice. Justice. Mm -hmm. So Young Justice basically took the whole story, the whole backstory for Blue Beetle and made it a cartoon for a season. It's very similar to what the story is in the books, from my understanding. Although I will say that I didn't really dive into the books too much. In the story as I know it, these Beetles, they get sent out by an alien race called the Reach. The Reach's sole purpose is to just go around and take over planets. But they're not allowed to because the Green Lantern Corps keeps them in check. So in order to get around that shit, they send these beetles out. Somehow it's the loophole that allows them to take over planets. They sent out a blue beetle. And then the funny thing in the movie, so I'm jumping around here a little bit, but in the movie, uh, a green lantern smacks it on the way to, to through space. And some, and then it ends up landing on earth. So in the beginning of the movie, you'll see it flying through space. And then there's a green bolt that's supposedly a green lantern. Huh. So, yeah. So anyway, it gets uh, possibly kicked off course and damaged. And then it lands here. And then in the comic books, it lands on the ground. A la Giver, Jaime Reyes picks up the blue beetle and then it takes over his body. It just assimilates with him. It, it merges with his consciousness and takes over his body. And, and the armor just envelops him and... The rest is history. Like one of the other things with the Reach is eventually in the original story, the Reach makes contact with Jaime Reyes or reboots the Scarab or the Beetle. And it starts doing what it's supposed to do. Because it was damaged, it, it malfunctioned. And then Jaime Reyes is able to kind of synergize with Kajida. But once the Reach reboots it 
it only obeys the reach. And then Jaime Reyes becomes a slave to the beetle. Jaime Reyes can't control the body. And then the reach is what's controlling it. And then, you know, they try to take over the planet, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, in the original story, Blue Beetle takes control back, or Jaime Reyes takes control back and re-synergizes with, uh, with Kajida, and they save the day, et cetera. In this story, he attempts to go to Cord Industries to get a job. And this, this whole story is just about getting a job. This is all about getting a job. He just wants a job, just like any other immigrant. You know, they just, he just wants yeah. to work. He wants to work and he wants to work hard and he wants to make money. He gets fired from his other job because he was fucking around. And now he's at Cord Industries trying to get a job. Shows up at the at Cord Industries. Uh, Jenny Cord, in, in the craziness that's going on in the building, finds the, the, the Blue Beetle, the, the Scarab, hides it in a burger box and gives it to Jaime Reyes and says, guard this with your life. Jaime takes it home. Doesn't have any idea what's going on. He's like, well, what about a job? And she's like, this is the job right now. Just take it. Get out of here. Guard it with your life. Don't look it. Don't open it. Don't do anything with it. Right. Of course he gets home. His family fucks with it. He yeah. takes it back because he's taking the job serious and he holds on to it. And then the thing takes over his body. And the, and one of the coolest things that happens is that I think the people don't realize what happened here. There's a song playing as the scarab is merging with his body. The song is El Rey by Vicente Fernandez. That song, Yo Sigo Siendo El Rey, means I keep being the king, all right? And that means, that song, all he does in that song is he says, this shit happens, that shit happens, it don't matter, I'm the fucking king, and I'm the one who, who rules the house, and etc. I'm the king. Right. I think I, I know that song. It's a dope song. <laughs> so, fun, fun fact. Yes, sir. There, there used to be, I lived in this uh, place that there, there were like three Mexican restaurants, like within walking distance of my house. Right. Yeah. And, and they were all like real, like Mexican restaurants. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they weren't fucking chichis or Pepe's, you know, uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, all of them had jukeboxes in in there and one of them uh, now all of them had like every vicente fernandez album that ever happened ever <laughs> this is like a thousand of, of them. that guy yeah, had wrote so much no like 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 the, the like they all had these jukeboxes where it was just like Vicente Fernandez, Vicente. like you'd go, you remember how jukeboxes used to be where it's like, mm-hmm. like you'd flip and it flips the page and there's like five albums per page, you know? Yeah. And, and it was just, and, and one of them, that's all they had. The entire jukebox was just Vicente Fernandez. That's funny. And there was always something playing. Dude, Vicente Fernandez, that song is about having control. It's about he rules the house. He's in control. And it's funny because then as that song is playing, Jaime Reyes is getting his body taken over by yeah. Kajida. You know, his body is, and, he is not in control. He is anything yeah. mm-hmm. but in control. Yeah. 
And the funny thing is, is that song is playing right as he's merging with this thing. And the rest of the movie, he's going to be fighting over control of his own body, his own house himself. You know what I'm saying? You, you are making this movie sound super deep. Dude, it like, is. It I'm, fucking is. And people are not fucking I, paying attention to it. Because I've been watching the reviews and people have not been talking about these fucking things. People don't understand the fucking the Mexican culture and they don't understand the music and some of the symbolism that's going on in this movie. It's it's low key, man, but it's flying under the radar. I'm going to have to when I finally see this movie, I'm going to have to bring you with me so that you can be like this. This is what I'm talking about. And, and so, you can, so, so, so that I don't miss any of this stuff. Uh, dude, there's like the beginning of the movie starts with Atrevete. It's one of the Atrevete, te, 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 Ponte Hyper. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So like that song, it's right in the beginning of the movie. And it's one of the mm -hmm. things, one of the, 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 the through lines going through this movie. Atrevete means be daring, you know, be courageous, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get hyper. These are some of the lyrics, you know, atrevete means, you know, be daring, uh, get hyper. Uh, be like a street fighter, etc. That's like the that's mm -hmm. the words of the song. It starts the movie like that when um, when he gets off the plane, and so it's all about him having courage to 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 be the person he needs to be, right? So and throughout the movie, all they keep saying is animo, animo Jaime, animo, animo, animo means uh, chin up, you know, get get excited. You know, keep your keep your spirits up. Don't let this bother you. Animo. They keep saying that the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so they start with atrevete. And that's like the 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 one of the themes of the movie is to be to be daring. You know, don't so, be afraid. Okay. Primo, how much yeah. of this stuff did you catch when you saw the movie? I catch pretty much I kept hearing the Mexican music, so I catch pretty much everything. So Yeah. So like you saw all this stuff that Edgar's talking about. Oh like, yeah. We and, talked and, about like it before. Okay. Okay. Did it have the same kind of effect on you that it did on Edgar? Because Edgar really, Edgar, my really, thing was like touched well, we had, in the we, heart we, by this movie. We had a different uprising. Okay. Uh, upbringing. <laughs> For me, it's like yeah. everybody, every time I'd go downstairs to see my grandmother or my uncle, this is what they were playing. And for me, it was like, God damn, I can't hear this shit no more. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. That was, that was the same for me. Like right, I, but, you know, but now, like he said too, it's like there's there's meaning in these songs. As I'm older, yes, I do. I understand the song, I understand the concept, you know. But like I said, it's like oh, again, this music. It's like yeah, I'm I'm not shitting down on it. Trust me, I'm not. No, you it's are. You're supposed my... to. That's your job right, right. now. Right, right, yeah. But <laughs> that's your me, job as a second the... generation American. <laughs> no, it's... not a first generation. As, as the generation. retire guy on the fire retire side of this. Okay. So, but like I said, it's like. It's like it's it's like okay, they're playing Spanish music. For me, it was like oh yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, this is how people see us as Mexicans. All we do is play rancho music, la la la, <laughs> dancing around the head and shit, you know. But I mean, I do get the symbolism, but like other people don't see that. Yeah. Okay, and you said it yourself. This movie, it touched it touched a lot of Latinos. Okay, because it's actually it's a movie about us. Yeah. Um, great, and it, and if and it and there is. Part of part of the movie was, yeah, I remember being like this. I remember my family being like this. I mean, they were not cheering me in the fucking parking lot, but you know, 
you know, they keep saying, hey, you got to be better. Primo, right. primo. No, I didn't get the primo. I didn't get the primo. I'm right. like, I don't go to work. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you know, but, you know, it was like that. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is, this is how people, this is how I feel like people see us. So you feel that yeah. it's a, it's very stereotypical. I, I feel that it is, but I, I'm, I'm trying not to. But being being someone who's like, I'm not really, you know me, I'm not really Mexican oriented or anything like that. You know me. I'm not like, hee hee, vamos, let's go to the vamos al baile, let's go wear some boots and fucking crazy shit. I don't, I'm not this, into this that guy, shit. This guy, this guy's like, I'm not really that Mexican. And then he starts speaking his fucking Spanish. I'm not really all that Mexican, bro. Mira, cabrón, mira, mira, mira. I speak the new language, which is English, okay? It's English and Spanish, okay? Which is which is spaghetti English, okay? Uh, wait, wasn't, that, wasn't that an Adam Sandler movie? Spanglish. Spanglish, yeah. Spanglish. I no, my my thing is spuck English. Spuck English. Okay? Spuck English, which is spaghetti English. Okay, <laughs> which is like it's English and mixed in with a little bit of Spanish. Okay, but so, you see, that's where you and I differ in the perspective, and I don't see it as as them uh, playing up on the stereotypes. I see them as celebrating the culture, and I and the only reason I say that is because the music throughout the movie. Is almost mm-hmm. all Mexican and uh, almost all Latino music, Spanish music. But it's different pieces, and they selected those songs specifically for the 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 the, the time and the and the, and the pieces that they put. Yeah, so this is why I was asking the question, right? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. is because for 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 me, yeah, like, I'm not hyper familiar with that music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't speak enough Spanish. I speak like this much Spanish, you know, mm. I don't speak enough Spanish so that like I would probably be able to pick up the lyrics, you know, and be able to match them to what's going on in the movie. So like, I'm, I'm asking like, is it, is it subtle to a point where like, maybe that's why so many people are missing it? I think I think everybody's missing that. I think people yeah, are not I paying. Do, I do. People I, are not paying attention to it. I, no, nobody's paying attention to it. I picked up on it because I was sitting there and, and I was like, "Hey, they're playing, they're playing Vicente Fernandez," and I thought it was funny. And I'm like, "Why are they playing this song right now? This is a weird song. Why not play mm-hmm. some action music?" Because like me, I'm sitting here because you know I get I, you know I went to film school. I got the filmmaker piece of shit brain yeah. that's not fully realized. Like I'm not really a filmmaker. But I'm sitting there and I have the education. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, they should have just put on some action music or something, horror music or something behind this because it's uh, body horror, right? The, his mm-hmm. body's getting taken over and it's merging with him and it's sticking out of him, et cetera. So you're sitting there and he's screaming his head off, right? And I'm like, this is a weird song to play, right? So it's almost played for comedy, right? Then you listen to the song and I'm like, wait a minute, this is El Rey. It's like, and I know this character. I know this character because I know this character has trouble having control over Kajida, over his body, over over the armor. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get this. This is fucking brilliant. And when I saw that, when I heard that, when I heard that song, I said, oh, I'm not in a movie. I'm not. I'm at a film. And you started paying more attention. And I started paying more attention to mm-hmm. it. I got to. I actually saw this movie twice. Because I, I felt that I missed well, stuff. 
you're going to see it a third time <laughs> because, because you're winning, yeah. right? Like you're, you're winning over, over the, the retire argument here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need, I'm going to need like a, an interpreter. Uh, an, an interpreter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to need a, a Latino shaman to kind of guide me through the experience here. Mm-hmm. Because it it sounds like it's it does sound like a film at that point. Like it's there's there's subtlety and nuance and detail. It sounds like there is. Uh, pay attention to the colors when you go watch this movie. Uh, everything in Jaime's house that has to do with Jaime is blue. Everything around Jaime is blue. So like there's blue walls. There's blue chairs. There's, there's, uh, he's wearing blue. His family's wearing blue. There's blue everywhere. You go to Court Industries, everything is purple there. And then there's another color. There's a red. And the red is used sparingly here and there. And there's two people who are covered in red. And that's Rudy, or actually three characters covered in red. It's Rudy, it's Carapax, and it's a Chapulín Colorado. <laughs> That's it. What is Chapulinco? Ch- Chapulín Colorado is a old uh, children's show that is, uh, I believe, Mexican actors who pretend to be little kids, but like Chapulín was a superhero. You ever it, heard of the Chavo del Ocho? Chavo del Ocho, yeah, he came out of Chavo, and and Chapulín was like a like a side character in Chavo. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he got his own spinoff. There was a spinoff off of that fucking show. And it was Chapulín Colorado, who was a superhero. And then Colorado just means red, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's the red he, grasshopper. He used, he, used the red grasshopper. A, he used to have a hammer. He has a hammer that he hits bad guys with. <laughs> yeah. He, he wore so red and like yellow shorts. Yeah. So he's kind of like the Mexican version of Mario, like the original Mario, if, like when Mario had, we like you Donkey Kong and you get the hammer and you, you know? Yeah. Except I think there's, I, I, I can't remember and correct me if I'm wrong because I never really watched the show too much. I always thought it was mm-hmm. too weird. It was like, I know yeah, these, yeah. these guys are like 60 years old and they're playing kids. Right. <laughs> you know? So I was yeah, like, the main, the, the main guy was like, he was living in, I think barrel. I know this show. I think I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Yeah, like the main character, the home, it was like the homeless kid, and he would live in a, like a little closed off street. You know, everyone's all like the houses were surrounding. He lived in a barrel. Yeah. All he ever wanted was a ham sandwich. <laughs> okay, he was un torta de jamón. That's all he ever wanted, dude. Una torta de jamón. <laughs> I know this show. I yeah. know this show. You said torta de jamón, and I'm like, I know this. I've seen this. Yeah, I know this. So when I was a kid, it. you know, right. when, when I was a kid, we we never had cable. I don't know about you guys. Right. We, we never had cable or satellite or anything like that. I didn't have that until I went off to college. Mm. And so that meant that we had two, five, seven, WGN. Mm-hmm. And then you had PBS on channel 11 and channel 20. And then 26 popped and up. Then, and then you had 26 but that wasn't until I was like a teenager. Yeah. Right. And then and then there was channel channel fifty. Right. There was forty four and, and thirty two. But then you had channel forty four and channel sixty six. Right. 
and channel 44 and channel 66 were the the spanish language stations mm -hmm. but you know i had a limited palette of television to pick from so <laughs> every once in a while i would i would plop it on this one of those two channels and just try to make heads or tails out of what was going on <laughs> Dude, like I, I definitely know I've seen this guy, this cat <laughs> looking for ham sandwiches. I know that for a fact. Dude, dude, like don't feel don't feel so bad. I, I speak Spanish. I understand the show. I, I I still couldn't make heads or tails of it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are these like guys for, <laughs> like for us? It was like we ha I had to watch it because everybody in my family watched it. My mom, my grandmother, they watched it all the time. Well, everybody watched oh. that and Sábado Gigante, cabrón. Oh, oh Sábado Gigante was Sábado Gigante was and Menudo on Sunday. <laughs> I I can't I I watched Menudo. I know I watched Menudo. And like I used to watch I used to watch on on Sundays. I was Massinger Seto. Oh, then my, imagine the Seta, right? That's right. Massinger Seta, and then Massinger. Menudo would pop up. Yeah. So it was and Spanish. Spanish Messenger, yeah, and and fucking Menudo. And I remember there being this weird ass game show. I think it was called El Gran Juego de la Oca, and, and it was like they would. It was. You ever watch? Um, you remember uh, on Spike TV had this show called Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, and yeah. it was it was based on Takeshi's. It was just like right, right. episodes of Takeshi's Castle. Uh -huh. But they would dub it over with with like really weird, you know, with, it, with English language. Yeah, this Spanish language game show, and it was like they would do people with like crazy situations. Like there was one, like they wrapped a guy up in like cyclone fence, <laughs> and and they gave him a pair of wire cutters, and like so while he's wrapped up in there, he had to cut himself out with the wire cutters, like. <laughs> It was the weirdest friggin' game show, but I remember <laughs> it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, Mexicans, Mexicans back in the day had some crazy shit on TV. And then I, I, I had a weird fascination, weird, uh, with uh, El Gordo y la Flaca. Oh, La Gordo y la Flaca. I would, I would watch that. Because that was a weird show. It was like Regis and Kathy Lee, but wacky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I was, I had a crush on the uh, Edith Chacon. Remember her? You the La Flaca, or is that somebody no, no, else? No, 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 no. That was somebody else. Was, this was like a Spanish show that used to come on on Saturday nights. The show and sounds the girl, familiar, but I don't remember. And it was this. It, to tell you the truth, it was just a girl shaking her ass the entire show. <laughs> that, dude, that was like anything that was on either of those channels mm -hmm. after eight p.m. That's yeah. what yeah. it was. And it was like her name was like. Yeah, uh, they say Iris Chacon. Yeah, viene Iris Chacon. Yeah, viene, and that's how the song was. And there she is, like a like a, a Vegas dancer, walking toward the stage, shaking her ass. And my mom's like, "Go to your room." <laughs> she <didn't want> <laughs> you know, because she would. I was like, ah. And I said, "Why?" She's like, "You can't watch this. This is not for you." Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, and I was like, oh, okay. Whatever. And, and you're like, I'm pretty sure that's exactly for me. <laughs> yeah, you know. You said you want me to watch Spanish shows. Is she Spanish? There you go. There's a Spanish. I'm learning Spanish right now, mommy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so like the okay, other. So back to Blue Beetle. Back know, to Blue right? Beetle. So, like, uh, there, there is another point I wanted to make, but as I'm thinking about it, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, do your piece, uh, Primo? Like, I was sort of a disappointed in how, you know, they did this scene where they raided the house, Ooh. you know, you know, and it was like, 
stuff that immigrants were scared of. Yeah. Like pretty much like a raid to like, they didn't even give him a chance to talk. They didn't give him a chance to pack up. They just raided the house because they were looking for a hymen. Thank you. That was exactly the point I was going to make. It's, it's, uh, it's ice. It's reminiscent of people raiding the house, ice raiding mm-hmm. the house or La Migra, as we know it in the, in, in, the, right. in the Latino culture, uh, showing up, busting down the door, storming the house, looking for people, then knocking doors down and finding people huddled in a corner, a little family, and then dragging them all out into the fucking yard. And that, yeah. dude, that's the part where I fucking started bawling, dude. I started crying right there. And then I didn't stop fucking crying for the rest of the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched was rough, man. The second time it was a little easier. I knew whatever what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I was exactly. looking and I was studying the movie at that point. But the, mm-hmm. the first time that shit happened, bro. I saw people, I saw the fucking ice bust on the door and walk into the and it was it was I'm sorry, I'm stealing this moment. Here, you go ahead and explain. <laughs> sorry, I for, forgive me. So yeah, and then you see you see the other neighbors. They start the other neighbors around the neighbor uh, around them. They start running because the first thing they the first thing they thinking is oh shit, it's immigration. Because yeah. he did point it out. He's like, oh, we need to. When he first got in, when he first turned, when he came back, George Lopez was like. And he goes, oh, we need to tell someone. He goes, no, why? He goes, what? You're illegal. Uh, he's illegal. The first thing they're going to do is take deport you guys back. Yeah, the grandma and the dad were illegal. Right. You know, and they're like, that's the one thing they threw in his face. Like right away, no, you can't tell the we can't co- we can't tell the cops anything. We can't. The first thing they're going to do is from ship our asses back. Yeah. You know, which is the typical fear. You know, and I'm like, yep, there it is. You know, and then when the the scene happened where. They're busting out a door. They're not even, they're like throwing everybody away. Even the grandmother, they, they grabbed her, tossed her to the side. The father, the father, they hit him in the face with a gun. I was like, what the fuck? And I said, that's typical. I've you know, we've all seen it, yeah. you know, but I know I understand it's a movie, but I mean, that's how normally how shit happens. I, uh, I think it's, a um, well, and it's kind of fresh in everybody's heads. Right, because mm-hmm. of the because of Trump and and all the stuff that he was promoting with exactly. ICE. Exactly, but that shit has always been going on. Oh, exactly, it's been going on for decades. For decades, if anything. I, you want you want to you want to be an asshole? You you can go to a fucking uh, to a Latino neighborhood and yell La Migra. You see how that goes? Oh yeah, yeah. And then everybody will start running, and when they find out that you're fucking joking, then it's, it's, they're gonna get mad. And depending the on how they take it, yeah. And, then what, yeah. and depending on how they take it, they might laugh or they might fucking kick ass you know mm-hmm. that shit never went away the only thing is well, uh, uh, go ahead i mean i can see people when i say people in this instance i mean white people mm-hmm. i can see white people seeing that and having the reaction of like you know well that's why you don't come here illegally you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i think not having seen the movie uh when i've in the rare instances where i've actually witnessed that kind of shit going down and i have so so like when primo says everybody's seen it you know i've seen it too it happens and it's like what's really scary about it just as a i'm not somebody that would ever have to worry about it right Mm -hmm. because i'm i'm a i'm a a white guy you Mm -hmm. know uh and and i have the privileges that come with being a white guy you know um the thing is when you see that shit happen it's just fucking blanket 
Nobody's asking any questions. Nobody's, you know, trying to clarify like who's legal and who's not. Mm-hmm. Like you can apply the word legal to being a human, right? But anyway, like nobody's clear trying to clarify like who's legal. It's just like fucking round them up. You know, any anybody who who fits the profile, we just round them up and we figure it out later. And like exactly. that's fucking it's fucking gross, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. They showed up, yep. they pulled the, everybody out, they dragged them out in the fucking on the front yard. And they started asking, where is he? Where is he? And and the dad was like, don't say anything. You know? And that's like, what would happen? Except in this case, they're looking for the blue beetle, whereas in other cases, they're looking for someone who's illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because they have a warrant or they're looking for someone specifically. But sometimes they'll just take everybody. Like well, yeah, saying, they, just, they just fucking, like I said, I've been in the unfortunate circumstance where I've fucking witnessed it. Like just fucking round everybody up and, and sort it out later without any kind of like, like even, even barely a nod to things like due process, you know? And then like after the fact, everybody's just supposed to walk away and be like, well, they let me go. They shouldn't have fucking taken you in the first place. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, here's like, here's why the, is this okay? I don't know. But here's here's the funny thing, you know. At least before Trump, you know, because Trump started utilizing the whole holding people back or holding people right. In the past, you know, they'd round these people up, take them away. People would cry, et cetera, et cetera, and they would toss them over the fucking border. And then two weeks later, these motherfuckers are right back in the fucking kitchen, <laughs> making your Chinese food, fucking cleaning your tables, all that shit. Yeah. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, fuck, man, you just fucking, you just blew two thousand dollars, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I gotta right. pay, I, I gotta pay the the coyote to get me back over here. You know, um, it's it, in the past, it was just an inconvenience, a, a big inconvenience. But these days, it's a little different. They, they're holding people. And I don't know if they mm-hmm. still are. And, and I'm wondering if they're not saying anything about it, only because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get uh, political. I don't know. I don't know anything about politics. I'm not a, you know, I'm not in that. I'm not a political analyst. I don't understand or know any of the things that they're doing. And I can't say that Biden isn't doing what Trump is. The only reason people were talking about what Trump was doing was because Trump was, you know, rubbing people the wrong way but I, I wouldn't be surprised if biden's doing it too everybody did it everybody everybody was doing it no it's just like depending on the media who's who who's in who's favor. the bad guy who's yeah. the bad guy exactly oh this is the bad guy we're gonna shit on him whatever yeah, but, but uh, every- most of these people most of these politicians trump was actually very very vocal about this stuff yeah because he was trying to get followers and stuff yeah right. but but yeah, but I mean that's. Uh, but you you were saying it's a con. Why do you think it's a con, Primo? Well, because it just shows. For me, it was showing like, oh, they really didn't even care, you know, about what they were doing. Mm. You know, it's like it's like they're roughing up the grandma. Come on, you're talking about the you characters know? in the movie, right? Characters mm-hmm. in the movies, like they really the. Like for me, it was like a buddy of mine told me like typical typical white white people. Uh, privileged and all this shit. I was like, dude, it's it's not really, it's just a movie, but yeah, it, it happens. But 
it's it's like it's everywhere it's not just here there it's it's everywhere it happens everywhere so okay even in other countries people are segregated because of who they are or what they do i told them it's it's not just here it's everywhere yeah okay the problem is people are not seeing it but he goes yeah but in this movie i'm like first of all the t- the fucking place they're at it's make believe okay it's not even a real country Okay. If anything, it reminds me of fucking Portuguese or something. I don't know. No, it's it's Palmero City. It's supposed to be Florida. Florida. Yeah, okay, it's the, the city's made up. Palmero City is a made up place. It's right. actually a place in the comics. What this is supposed to be in Florida, but mm-hmm. it's in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, that's but DC is known for making up towns because they don't want to pay a city tax. Well, well yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Gotham is New York, and no, uh, Gotham is Chicago. Oh, Metropolis Gotham is Chicago. Is, Metropolis is New York. So you're right, right. You're right. You're right. And Lake City is um, what is it? Philadelphia or something oh, like that. Really? <laughs> yeah. So what's what's Star well, San City? Francisco? My fault. Star so City. No, uh, Flash is from. Flash is from. They say in his town is supposed to represent um, San Francisco. Okay, but like and Star Pulp- City is supposed to be. Damn, I forgot who, uh, who's Palmeiras, that. Yeah, Palmeiras, Palmeiras, I'm sorry. Palmero City is the city that's in this movie, and uh-huh. Palmero City is a city in in Florida Keys, right? Or it's a town in the Florida Keys. So it's huh. so it's over there. Yeah, every now and then, the main antagonist of Victoria Cord, she references the family and even Jaime Reyes as edge key trash. So exactly. So it's just more of like a, it's a softer way of saying awful, yeah, racist things, but yeah. um, but you get you get the hint, you you get what she's trying to say, right? But you see, what you're saying as a con, primo, is mm-hmm. that uh, I see as a pro because now not a lot of people know what that experience is like to see that kind of stuff. And now it's out there. Now we have a way to show people, hey, this is what it this is what this looks like. This is what happens to people. You know? Mm-hmm. Look look at what's happening. People raids happen like this. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Other than that, so, I mean that's all my all my pros. I'm sorry. This is as far so as I, I can go because everything else was fine with me. <laughs> I, I, I have a I have a question and it's probably not a fair question to ask. Okay. Ask away. But if you were to kind of draw a parallel because this is where my mind goes between Marvel Universe and DC Universe, this movie I feel like is kind of squarely uh like got its crosshairs on Shang-Chi. Right, because they're they're both taking this superhero comic book experience and repositioning it through the eyes of, well, I was going to say first generation, but now I guess it's a second generation American, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and repositioning. And and so like maybe giving, giving more, voice in the in this kind of like comic book movie continuum to these diverse you know people that that represent the United States that have now not been represented this way before mm-hmm. so like if, 
I I see the two movies kind of living in a similar space in that they they're comic book movies, but they they have the opportunity to make these kind of points and these observations. Which is a better movie? So here's which one is the better movie? You're asking? I, I'm curious. Two? I'm curious. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So, hands down, the <laughs> hands down, the action is better in Shang Chi. Okay. It's just, it's a little more. It's better orchestrated. It's, uh, I I feel like the 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 action was a little better. The climax was a little more interesting, and it was more original. The action, just in general, is more original. And this is a con. I'm I'm stepping on on Primo's toes. Uh, if there is one one thing that this movie lacks is is originality in the in the action choreography. The the you're going to see that is not the most interesting part of this movie. Unfortunately, uh, I, but every, was it supposed to be? Uh, I, Cause I, it sounds like the filmmaker's vision was it's a comic book movie. There's going to be action, but we want to make some points. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't Maybe. know. And here's one. I'm going to do one for you. I'm going to do a pro. Okay. Shoot. Okay. The blue beetle movie. It's not just a comic book movie. It's more of a. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was there's it had its good points, and I love the fact that it was all about family. Okay, there's a big piece of that that is just family. You know how family sticks together, how the family supports each other, and yes, they do goof on each other. Yeah, you know, because you know we're all like that. You know, especially Latino families, we're always like ripping on someone. Yeah, we are. Okay? <laughs> you know, and it was like, it was sort of nice. I mean, I actually enjoyed it. Like, it was like, okay, it's it's not just a bam, bam movie. It's a, hey, mijo, let's talk. You know, you, don't let this get you down. We're here for you type deal. And I said, I loved it. I love that. Shang-Chi, like you said, it's an action movie. Really didn't get to the point where it was about family. It was more about the father, his, him getting, him walking away from his father because he didn't want to become what he was. And then at the end, he ended up doing his thing and making it better, you know? So it wasn't really like family oriented. It was like, oh, I just want to be better than my dad. I, want to, yeah, I don't want was, to be my dad. It was focused on the father-son dynamic as opposed to Correct. the whole family dynamic. Correct. Wow. I, I interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting viewpoint. I know but I have my moments. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that was a good one, man. Um, no, every time, every time we do an episode, Primo drops bombs. <laughs> <laughs> he drops knowledge, man. I drop knowledge. And he's got, he's got that deep, deep fucking comic book knowledge too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the family aspect in this is is one of the saving graces, or I shouldn't say saving graces. Is it's what makes the movie for me. Everything mm-hmm. else, like I like the sci-fi, you know, magic uh, armor stuff. I think it's cool. Uh, every time he transforms something out of nowhere, I think it's fucking dope. Uh, but the but I think the most interesting scene is the scene 
uh, where he has to deal with trying to save his family from the ice-like raid, right? And his dad, at, at, you know, at one point, you know, is talking to Jaime before this, in the beginning. Jaime is like, I feel lost. I don't know what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't get a job and, and I have this degree and I can't find a place for myself. And he tells him, you know, he says, animo, mijo. He says, you know, chin up, son. Like, uh, we're going to, you're going to figure it out. And it's okay, you know, if you don't figure it out right away. And he says, you know, I'm still trying to figure out. His dad turns, into, turns to him and says, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. You know? And, and he says, I don't know what my purpose is. I just know that right now, right now, right here, I'm supposed to be here with you. Aw, dude, Woo, I just fucking bawled. <laughs> well, isn't that the truth, though? Like, isn't that something that, that you wish you learned? Like, I didn't figure this out until probably, let's say, like the last five years. Mm -hmm. But you spend your whole life as a kid and then as like a teenager and as a young adult, like up until your 30s, really like listening to people, you know? People who are older, people who are more experienced, you know, people, your boss, whoever, you spend your life listening to these people, making the assumption that they know something. Mm. And then you, like, again, eventually you figure out, well, I'm an adult now and I don't know shit. So everybody's just fucking making it up as they go along. Everybody. No, nobody knows anything. Just because somebody's an adult doesn't mean they know better or different. Like, mm -hmm. no, everybody's a fucking idiot. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's full of shit. Yeah, right. everybody's full of. Sh everybody is faking it till they make it. Hell yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to someone today. They're asking me about you know personal client talking to me about oh, you know I want to do this and I'm trying to think about this and what do you think? And I'm like, dude, let's try it. Like, I don't know. Let's, let's see. But, you know, like from your experience, I was like, dude, I'm going to tell you right now that every time we do something on a web page, because I'm a web developer in real life, uh, every time we do something on a web page, a lot of the time, a lot of the times, it's just us trying shit. We have a yeah. good idea. We have some idea, mm -hmm. you know, and then on top of that, we have some creativity. So we'll like play with shit. But the only thing that really tells us how we're doing is if there's analytics, something tracking what we're yeah. doing. That's yeah. what tells us what we're doing. But otherwise, we're just fucking shooting in the dark, man. We have we we're full of shit. We don't know what we're fucking doing. The only the, all we're doing <laughs> is trying shit yeah. and then and then tracking it. And then if it doesn't work, we try something else. And if it does work, we keep doing the same thing, maybe better. Right. Yeah. We double down. And then eventually, even the and, things that work stop working. And that's all everybody does. That's, right? everybody. that's all that that's that's what everybody does yeah. and like you've got your your steve Jobses and your elon musks out there those guys are who, trying shit too who who mm -hmm. seem like they they always know you know they like they they they've got this mythos about them where where like they it it just like see, seems like they always know where society is going or where technology is going. No, motherfucker. They just try so many different things and they have so much money and so much power that they mm -hmm. can try enough different things that 
they do 10 things. One of them works. And the one that works is the one you hear about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to your point, like they can, they have all this money, they can try all these things. And if it fails, they recover just fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's, there, there's guys like that. Like they're, they could not possibly fail their way out at this point. No, they, they've got so many resources that like they Howard Hughes is a great example. You guys know Howard Hughes, the film director, you know, yeah. you know, the name, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like that dude failed far more than he ever succeeded. <laughs> and at, at the same time, when he died, he was the richest man in the world. Yeah, oh, fuck. You know? Yeah. Like, it, 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 anyway, anyway, I, I digress. We, we don't need to talk about this. Well, I, 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 will say, I will say this. I am, I, I hate to say it this way, Primo, but you lost today. <laughs> well, I knew I lost. I know I you, lost. You because lost. He, he likes the movie. I love the movie. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted him to, for a chance, I, I didn't want him to shit on a movie that he loved. Because he was very excited about this movie. So I said, you know what? I'll, I'll do the crapper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it, it sounds so good now. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't on the fence about wanting to see it or not. I wanted to see mm. it, but it was one of those, like, Maybe I can wait till it comes comes home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I want to go see it, and uh, I I need one or both of you guys to be there with me, so that you can be my shaman. You can be like, this is why this is important. <laughs> this is that song that you're here, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm curious. So, like, it has not done well. No. It has not. It has not done well. Why do you think that is? Like, what's the problem? I, I I honestly think it's it's like a lot of people don't know who the character is, and it's that's like, probably a big one because, like I said, number one, I'm not a huge comic book nerd, uh-huh. but I am a comic book nerd. I didn't know anything about this character, and now part of that is I'm not a big DC guy either. But like, mm-hmm. um. Like I had never heard of it, and I feel like they didn't do a ton of marketing around it. Not really. Yeah. No. So I we like we saw it in the theater. We went to go see what was it? Halloween. Was it Halloween? No, no, was no. It, no, it no, no cocaine it Bear. It was Cocaine Bear when we went to go see, and then we saw the movie poster. Yeah. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And remember, I ran to see if that was the Blue Beetle poster, and I was like, "Oh, it's a Blue Beetle poster." Yeah. They're making a Blue Beetle movie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and the editor's like, Blue Beetle? Cool. You know? <laughs> you know? And that was it. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't, I haven't seen any marketing. I haven't seen anything else other than the fact that when it came out, it's like, oh, Blue Beetle out of theaters now. What? Well, they can't do any marketing right now. Uh, there's a writer's and actor's strike right now. And there's going to be <laughs> and, and it looks like there's going to be a, a CGI strike as well. Like the CGI, yeah, but the, the CGI like, artists are, are unionizing and there might be a strike. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that, but that didn't stop Barbie. Oh that, my God. That's a and good it point. It didn't stop Oppenheimer. Yeah. You see, like yeah, here's, here's the problem too, right? Like uh, Barbie 
it's it's a huge phenomenon, right? Like it's been a doll since yeah, forever. And you, like you can't you can't. I'm not trying necessarily to compare the two, yeah, because they're apples and oranges. And mm-hmm. like Primo just said, there's a lot of people who have never heard of Blue Beetle. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and DC just has not done a very good job of getting their hands around their their universe the way that marvel has where marvel made all of these different properties that are interconnected and so now now you don't have to be a marvel super fan to have a vested interest in guardians of the galaxy which was a relatively obscure property right right you know uh but it's connected to the grander, this this whole MCU kind of phases and whatnot. So now it, it like wraps it all together. And Blue Beetle comes along, and if you're not invested in in Blue Beetle, it's not connected to any. It's not connected to like Justice League or or Flash or. I mean, they I do. Mean, they Maybe it is connected, him. but but like it's not. They're not drawing this universe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so like maybe that's one of the reasons why it's not. It wasn't more popular. I mean, it kind of like I'll be honest. It kind of hurt my feelings a little bit that this movie's not at the very least performing. You know what I mean? I think. What did you say, Edgar? So it was like a hundred million dollar budget, and it's it's been in theaters for three weeks or a month, and We're, it's it's only at like fifty million in ticket sales. Yeah, so that's exactly it. Yeah, it, it costed one hundred twenty million to make. Uh, there are about fifty million right now. Uh, about uh, I might be wrong, um, but also like, uh, oh fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That, well, you, that... you you had mentioned there was like that four dollar movie day thing, and so that oh, yeah, cut yeah. into that cut into ticket revenues because people were seeing it for four bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, even with that, like, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit just because. And this is one of the reasons I kind of brought up the comparison was like Shang Chi was a huge fucking hit. Shang Chi yeah. was good, yeah. I guess what confuses me is is like the Latino community and specifically like the Mexican American community. Like, do are people seeing this and and like seeing it and being like, kind of the some of the points Primo was making. God, why why do you got to show all the embarrassing things? You know. Yeah. And, um, and so they're not going to see it or like or. Do, maybe people feel they're like they're being pandered to, you know, because like, I, I guess I, I, you, you'd kind of expect like, Hey, I bet like the Latino community is going to be really excited about this movie. That's one of the reasons I wanted to make this podcast. I wanted to talk about this movie. And that's why I was kind of like, let's fucking talk about this movie. Cause uh, it needs help, man. I don't understand why this movie's not doing well. The action, I think in the in the scene where I was telling the ice part is really good, but the final climactic action piece kind of lame. I'm gonna be straight up; it's not super um, uh, creative. It actually borrows a lot from 
Iron Man and a bunch of other action movies and how it fights. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know if it was trying to pay homage or if it was ripping off. It, it, it looked to me like it was ripping off. So that's one problem, right? Maybe, maybe it needed better action. But the, but the rest of this movie has so much fucking heart. Um, uh, there's pieces of it that is a little silly, I'll admit. But there is, there is so much fucking heart in this movie. And the, and, the, and the moments with the dad are huge emotional moments. There is, there is no bigger uh, piece that is more impactful, I think, than the final uh, conversation that Jaime has with his dad. And that, I mean, I, 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 I cried from the ice scene on the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I cried in that last conversation I'm talking about. And uh, I won't ruin it because it's phenomenal, but uh, at least to me. But uh, one thing I did want to bring up is $120 million estimated in terms of budget. Uh, opening weekend, $25 million. It is a flop. Yikes. Yeah, that opening tanked. weekend. Opening weekend for $25 million. So right now, it's grossing. Here's the kicker. U.S., it's grossing $47 million plus. So it's it's it made another another twenty after the so, fact. But I mean, but that's what I wanted to ask you: is that just US. in the states and the U.S.? It still the hasn't US. been worldwide the, yet. W- hold on. So here's there's a other couple. Oh, now I remember. Well, what I and, and from the way you're dis- you guys have been describing this movie, I feel like internationally it might not have a lot of traction because number one, it's not a it's a property that a lot of people aren't familiar with already. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we've already said that, but it's also, if it's so kind of heavily steeped in very specifically like Mexican American culture, well, that's not going to fly in France. No, it's no. not. It's not going to fly in China. It's you know? very specific, but you know, it might actually kick off in Japan. It could. It- Cause in Japan, there's a bunch of Chicanos walking around. There's, a bu- <laughs> there's Japanese people who are taking the the Chicano aesthetic and, and living it? Mm-hmm. They're, they're driving very, look, very they're, interesting. They look like LA gangbangers with lowriders, like seriously. And then they they call themselves all kinds of stupid stuff, and they some of them like tattoo shit that they don't know, just like Americans do. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, they tattoo yeah. shit on their on their chest, and they don't know what it says, and it says like shit like pendeja. it's like it's like there's all these japanese people walking around with pendeja on their chest and it's like oh it just looks cool which actually reminds me and i think i texted this to you but how is it like i had to find out from the internet not you after all these years i had to find out that pendejo the literal translation of pendejo is pube yeah, it's pubic hair. I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. You know, this people calling calling each other pubes. That's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, yeah. Like when you think about it, it's just like that's a weird thing to call someone. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird thing to call someone. And how is that? How, how did that never? How? how I don't know. You, but they, you break my heart. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'll try to I'll try to shoot you some vocabulary every now and then to keep you up to date. But here, but here. there's another like we talked about this a couple of times. I think on a couple of different episodes. How? Uh, what's the um, the word for clown? Payaso. Uh, payaso. Like it depends on who you're talking to, but payaso can be like one of those like <laughs> you did you you just called me payaso. I'm gonna fucking stab you now. Yeah. Like it, like mm. it, it, some people can laugh it off, and some people are like, "Holy fuck!" It depends. It, it depends mm. on some of those things. Like uh, payaso, I guess, would be one of those. But uh, el, like way can be, yeah, way, way is something. Way, way is just like something you throw around. Way, oh yeah, way. You just fucking <laughs> throw it around like like it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a football. You know, you just toss it back yeah, and forth. That's true. <laughs> Oh but yeah, it works a way to each other. So I went to I went to Mexico uh earlier this year on a vacation and at the airport and it, it freaked me out because like I didn't know that is like idiomatically. I just knew that way basically means asshole. Like like that's what I've always been told is it's you call somebody ass. way. It's like Jackass, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And I was at the at the airport in Cancun, there's a store. Called I way, I way, yeah, I way. Well, that's di- that's different and, and, than way, right? That's different. But like, I saw that, and like, me not knowing, I'm like, is that store really called Hey Asshole? <laughs> is there a store in the airport called Hey Asshole? <laughs> and I thought it was the best thing ever. Well, it's and like you corrected me. Yeah, you corrected me. Yeah. Well, it, it's more like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I was gonna say. It's like, like, wait, like, oh my god, yeah. you know. But yeah, you're right about that. So here, check this out. So uh, here's the point I wanted to make. So it made uh, 120 million. I mean, it was 120 million for the budget. Opening weekend, 25 million, 47 gross at this point in the U.S. But worldwide, 83 million. Mm. So it might get a sequel. Uh, I don't know, dude. It's got to break. It's got to break. It's got to keep going. Maybe, maybe yeah. it'll, maybe it'll catch a second wind. Maybe a lot of people will listen to this episode of the podcast and hear mm-hmm. all of this brilliant shit that you're dropping. That that, yeah. that like all, all our all our like, fans in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Everybody in India, go watch this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it can catch a second wind, which would be nice. I I just uh, it's kind of sad because like. This is a movie I wanted to see do well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another question I was going to ask, but now I can't remember. Oh, what did it open against? It didn't open against anybody. I think it's nobody. What? Yeah. Really? The other issue yeah. here too is is that it's August, and I think August is known for uh, bad movie uh, turnouts. Oh, because it's it's the end of the the summer, and people are 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 getting ramped up and ready for school. So parents mm-hmm. are not taking kids to the movies. This is not a family movie. So parents aren't going to the movies. They're not taking their kids. The only people who can see it is people who would, you know, want to follow it really hard like us. And so that's why it's not getting seen. But the po- Latino population is showing up. As far as I know, it's like 33, 40% uh, Latino watching this movie. So that's actually pretty high in terms of yeah a, a turnout for for that because usually I think it's like twenty percent, right? 
you know. So Latinos are showing up. It's just more people need to watch this movie. Uh, I I want because I don't want. Here's the part I don't want to happen. The movie itself, that family, I fell in love with that fucking family, man. I want to see them again. I don't want them to go away. I want a, I want a Blue Beetle too, and I want all those characters to come back. Everybody, the Jenny Core girlfriend, the 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 old lady, the the everybody. Bring everybody. I want to see George Lopez fucking working in cord and getting taken taking advantage of or being an asshole and bossing people around. I want to see, I want to see that, you know. Uh, the one thing I did like about it how they had George Lopez dressed like a straight up cholo. Yeah, like yeah, like a yeah, like a, a a straight up gold goatee, but down yeah. to here to his belly button. That's how long his shit was. Yeah, had his nails painted all black and everything, and he had like a crazy ass mullet. Yeah, or a Latino mullet, like a party on top, slicked on the sides and shit. It was so weird. <laughs> it was weird seeing him like that, you know. Yeah, it was. It was. But he was like uh he was like a set. Uh, uh, he was like the the junkyard genius. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was like making shit out of trash, you know. He made a generator, uh, like a radar, uh, camera blocker. Yeah. So the the security was watching a Spanish show, and they were like, "Oh, who's that?" And that comedian was like, "Oh, it's a chavo de locho." Yeah. They're... Straight like. <laughs> so yeah, there was there was a scene where where they needed to go back to Court Industries and mm-hmm. get some kind of key, right? So mm-hmm. when they go back to the Court Industries. Uh, one of the things that gets introduced is that Rudy, Uncle Rudy, uh, George Lopez, is some kind of inventor. But he he's just uses trash to build some of his shit, you know. So then he ha- he 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 got he's got he has this giant machine that he calls Chapulín, and it's red, <laughs> you know, and it's on the back of his fucking truck. He's his pickup, and so he drives this thing out to Cord Industries. And he and it's like a fucking signal blocker. And so he turns it on. He has to kick it to turn it on and he turns it on and then it it starts blocking the signal. And then the thing that it does is it forces a video into the security cameras and all the security guards are like, what the fuck is this? And there is this Mexican comedian standing there. He's like, oh, that's. That's a Chapulín Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the weirdest thing. I remember I was cracking up, dude. But like the first time I saw this movie, though, like here's the fun, here's the weird thing. I went to go see this movie the first time I saw it. Uh, it was empty. Man. It was, like, it was me, my kids, and maybe two or three other people in the theater. I go again. On Sunday, the uh, four dollar ticket Sunday, and when I go in there, same time. In fact, even a little earlier, because I think I went at two o'clock the, the first time. The, the second time I went at one o'clock, and when I went at one o'clock, that theater was packed. And then at the end of that movie, people clapped. And oh, okay. I, yeah, and then I just started crying. <laughs> Because guys are here, they're fucking, they're clapping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, maybe there's room for it to have a second, a second wind, you know? Yeah, it needs a second, a third wind. It's got, it's got to break. It's got to at least break All even. Right. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to go see this movie and I'm going to spend money to see it in the theater so that I can make a small dent in this and, and make sure some of these poor bastards get residuals. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, yeah, this, this movie's fun, man. Um, Oh man, I just hope it does well because I mean, uh, mighty like the actors can't even promote it on social media. Yeah, because of the strike. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what also got me was like they were doing a lot of novella, um, novella clips, and they were like singing the song of Mari Mar. Oh like, yeah, Mari Mar. 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 Oh, and the whole family singing it. Yeah, which is crazy. You know, after the transformation and he comes back to start singing the song Mari Mar, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with these yeah, people? Yeah. Man? yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the the family is fun. They're fun and funny, and they're not yeah. like oh, like here's the lawyer and here's the doctor and here's the guy who ended up being a gangbanger. And he, they didn't like like you know how some movies they just like generalize the whole family and they have all these generalized characters. They didn't do that shit. These were like they were like real people, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I like I said, I fell in love with that family. I want to see that family again. I want to see all of them. And I want to see all this same nonsense again. Like there's, so, go ahead. Does does La Chancla come up? Uh, no, there's no chanclas. But there's plenty of other shit though. There's a lot of like it's very Latin. It's absolutely yeah. very Latin. You know. You know, it would have been a funny scene if while he was transforming, his mom took out the chancla, started hitting the beetle on the back, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it off. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's a there's another interesting scene that uh, while he was transforming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but he looks at his reflection in La Virgen de Guadalupe. Yes, he does do that. Yeah. <laughs> he's transforming, his face is changing, and as he's changing, he looks in the in in the reflection of 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 La Virgen de Guadalupe that's in a frame and it's got a glass on it. And so you can see his reflection, but before you see his reflection, you see La Virgen Mary. You know, they're like a icon that's very important to Mexican people, the, the Virgin mm-hmm. Mother. So he looks at that and he's looking at it. And then through as he's looking at it, the the the, the color or whatever, the, the lighting changes a little bit because he changes position and the camera follows him and his face overlaps the Virgin Mary. I'm still trying to figure out what, what they were trying to do. Like, I, 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 I missed that. I'm not going to lie. I did. I did miss that part. No, dude. Like, well, I saw it twice, so that's, right. yeah, that's why that's why I was able to catch that. But it, it, there was something going on there, and I and I still can't figure out what the interpretation is or what they were trying to say with that particular scene. But it means something, I think. You know, maybe maybe it's just mm-hmm. the fact that he's, you know, he's he's looking for help from from a deity, mm-hmm. and then you know he's looking to God, and then all he sees is a monster. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Or maybe that he's just a virgin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, mm. that's the end right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Forgive me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to hell for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, our, um, should we call it a a, a day? Or yeah, I think I think we've we've hit it. You you mm. won. <laughs> you won. I'm gonna you go see fire. this movie. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, we will. I will only win if we get a second movie. 
Let's get another movie. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm down for another movie. Yeah. yeah or, for... or a series, maybe a series. I think a series would be dope. That would be dope. Like put it on fucking HBO or max, put it on max, and make it a series. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, and we I... all know. And then also too, we forgot to mention that the blue beetle has already made an appearance on TV besides, besides, um, young justice. Oh, you mean like on uh, Smallville? On Smallville. Oh. With Booster Gold, too. Oh, shit. I didn't know Booster Gold was there, too. Yeah, remember he was the guy with all the marketing armor suit? Well, I, I, made, it, I made it to like season four or five of Smallville, and then I checked out. Yeah. Well, there's eight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a lot of Smallville. Yeah. yeah. And toward the end, it started getting goofy. You know, with they start they introduced Doomsday. It was so stupid. Mm, yeah. So. so anyway, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, guys. <laughs> it's good to get back at it, man. Hell's yeah, you man. Know? God, man, I miss this. I miss this. I miss you guys. We, we got to do another one soon, man. We'll, 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 we got we got we got to do one in person. You know why? Well, for the fucking chips that you were showing me, right? I got the uh, the pocky chips. Uh oh. The. Yeah. Uh, the uh oh no you were dragging like me the, into the, this one chip challenge one, shit the one chip challenge yeah oh no 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 now yes. which one are we talking no, about worry. the original don't... one or are we talking about the new one that just came out the new one that just came out oh hell no he caught me out boy come on <laughs> oh, no. it's okay i, I only bought the first two. one already i only bought two and i and i did that on purpose because i was like primo ain't going for this <laughs> that's right that's right but, right. but we, I already, we gotta I already have did a, the one chip challenge already. We gotta already have a repeat. It. We gotta have a repeat of the the. Oh yeah, this is good. I can I can put this on my chips. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and then okay, if, we, if, if we're gonna do this, we gotta stay at a hotel because we're not stopping anywhere to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we gotta stay at okay? a hotel. <laughs> it has to be two separate rooms because we're both we're not gonna share a toilet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want my own toilet. That's right. Because <laughs> I've already been through that already once, okay? Yeah. I'm willing to do this with the new chip, but separate rooms, we all get our own toilet, and we can communicate through text, okay? <laughs> all right. If, if, this uh, goes, if this goes south, dude, which probably will, I don't think I want to be touching my phone. <laughs> No. Oh, man. I think I'm going to be texting you while I'm fucking blasting off. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Yeah, man. We'll, we got to talk about it. We got to figure out the logistics. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get this together and we'll fucking hang out and yep. burn our and asses. I got, some sh- um, I got some shows on. Um, I got some ideas for some shows if you guys are interested. Cool, man. For sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk after, but for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, brothers. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. This is Ego Traves with Cousin Primo and not my cousin Dan. We will catch you next time. Dobranos, cabrones. The music you're listening to is titled Howl Like a Wolf by Squid. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you don't know, Epidemic Sound provides royalty-free music for a license 
at a low monthly cost and it's very affordable. They have an awesome selection of music. I highly recommend it, especially if you're a content creator like myself. And if you do go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you check out that referral link in the description. And if you're into fitness, make sure you check out Titan Fitness. I dig that brand. That's a brand that I believe in. And if you're like myself, who's looking to get their fitness on and you need your own home gym because you're tired of all the influencers at the gym and shooting video while they're trying to squat or whatever nonsense, do what I did and get your own home gym in your own house. I have the T2 rack. It's a 72 inch rack. It's the smallest rack you can get and it fits right in my basement. It's perfect. I love it make sure you check out the rest of the stuff they got going on they got some dope stuff and it's a good price and if you do go over to titan fitness make sure you click on that referral link in the description so blue beetle may not have the best action but that family i want to see that family again i want to see another blue beetle in fact i think you can do blue beetle more justice if you make it a tv series versus a movie i would totally dig a good 10 12 episodes of just watching that family get on with blue beetle and, and jaime reyes and all that it was dope now i highly recommend the movie not so much for the action but if you're latino man go out and support this movie man this movie has all the stars you got carol g playing kajita and you got solo maridueña as jaime reyes and don't forget you got george lopez in that mofo so there's some dope stuff in this movie man and if you're Latino and you're paying attention, you're going to dig it. If you're digging what you're listening to, make sure you check out our website, theflowrealpodcast.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's Edgar Otraves on Instagram. Or you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And if you're digging the podcast, do us a favor. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And we will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Latest.